Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU basketball now has the entire roadmap for their season. But will they reach the desired destination? Head coach Dave Rhodes joins us to break down the schedule. Is it better than last year in league? Plus, where the BYU football defense fell short recently? Those are the coach's words. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. What's up? Happy Wednesday, August 9th, wherever and however you have chosen chosen to dial dial in. in. It's great to have you with us. us. I'm Spencer Linton, Linton, teamed up with Jay Cutler, fan club president, Jerem Jordan. That'd be a Negatron, Megatron, but there was this tweet uh, yesterday from uh, Peter Schrager. Who's he with again? I can't remember. NFL Network? He's, he covers the NFL. Apologies, Dolphins tight end Mitch Matthews. Huh? When did he become a tight end? Tight end out of BYU. I yelled at him for getting in the way of our cameras and Jay Cutler. <laughs> Was Mitch Matthews not was tight end Mitch Matthews not in uniform? What, okay, I don't know the context at all. On hey, this. that's so not elite in so many ways. One, he calls him a tight end twice. Apologies, Dolphins tight end Mitch Matthews tight end out of BYU. No, he's a wide receiver. And it's Dolphins fans, tight end of Dolphins fans went after Peter Schrager about this. <laughs> I yelled at him for getting in the way of Jay Cutler. What are you trying to see from Jay Cutler yesterday? He said he's out of shape. An interception? Like, what? what's he going to do on day one? An overthrown pass? Come on, man. How how desperate is a team if they pull a dude out of retirement to be a bro- from the broadcast booth? He's no Brett Favre. You know what I mean? Well, and people that are like, why would Jay Cutler take $10 million to play quarterback? He's going to make more money doing TV. How? Uh, no, no. 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 $10 million bucks. Like, like we year? get $10 million bucks. But Jay Cutler does not. He's not every. He's not on every day. He's not on every day. Come on. Holy cow! It's it's give or take a few mil on that number. But yeah, for the record, Mitch Matthews still a tight wide end. receiver. Oh, I just want to call him tight end. Mitch the Matthews tight end, Mitch Matthews. Matthews. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. thing now. And then people uh, are like, "Is he a tight end?" Dolphins tight end, Mitch Matthews. Thanks he's to, a to thanks he's to a tight Peter end now. Yeah, thanks to Peter Schrager. He's an elite tight end in the league. <laughs> you love that you went into bro voice. Bro, bro, is he elite, man? Is he elite in the mountains? <laughs> Huge show on BYU Sports Nation. You going to today. Boston this morning? <laughs> Head coach of BYU basketball, Dave Rose, will join us live in about 10 minutes to break down the brand new West Coast Conference schedule. The Cougars now have their complete basketball schedule for 2017 2018. The radio voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, will be back with a cool thing about Canada and a bunch of other goodies. And our two on one with emerging BYU wide receiver Talon Shumway. Why he has the trust of his coach, Ben Cahoon, like no other receiver. Let's bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football in day 12 of training camp. Practice number nine went down last night. I'm losing track of what number is what. Yeah. (laughs) 10, 11, 12, day nine practice. I don't know. They're about halfway through. Whatever. We'll just leave it at that. (laughs) What we saw and heard. And why it matters for the current state of BYU football coming up in just a minute. The team will not practice today. They have a walkthrough and a lift session. 
They'll get back to work on the field tomorrow. That's me every day. I walk through in a lift session. No practice. Uh, the 2017-18 Men's Basketball West Coast Conference schedule is out. The Cougar tip-off, the Cougars tip-off league play December 28th in Provo against Portlandia. Then they host St. Mary's December 30th. Man, I love those games when the students are gone, the big ones. Not. The Cougars play in Moraga on January 25th, so BYU plays St. Mary's twice. Before they even get to Gonzaga, the annual win in Spokane is slated for February 3rd. And the home game versus the Zags, February 24th, to wrap the regular season, which brings us to the stat of the day. Yeah! It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. For the fourth season in a row, BYU will play Gonzaga to end the regular season. I like it. It's a huge game at the end of the year. This time it's in Provo to end the regular season. Recall two years ago when Kyle Collinsworth was fouled, but it wasn't called. <laughs> that was two years ago. It in was Provo so bad. To end the regular was so season. bad. Yeah. Holy cow. WCC refs. You know how I feel about that. Our Twitter question today. Which basketball game have you already circled on the BYU basketball schedule? UVU. Oh, revenge game? Yeah. That's the one. At their place. <laughs> at Twiggy or Stone tweets in, two come right to mind. Utah, oh yeah. And at Gonzaga, always want them to beat the Utes, speaking of BYU, and would love to see the magic continue in Spokane. Oh, it's man. weird now, right? Like, Gonzaga fans are thinking about that a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to question the Cougs in Spokane ever again after bzzz, three years in a row. Unbelievable. Yeah, I've got that one circled for sure. Yeah. On to women's basketball, who also have the West Coast Conference schedule out. The ladies play opposite the men's team, so they open the season on the road at Portland, then at St. Mary's, December 28th and 30th. I don't know that the ladies have ever won in Moraga. That's a tough start to that the is conference a, campaign. Yeah, that is a tough start. Um, but, hey, let's go, man. You got you to gotta win. You got to win at some point. Let's go. Baltimore Ravens head coach John Harbaugh said the following about former Cougar Bronson Kafusi recently. He's put an amazing amount of work in the weight room in conditioning. The whole thing, Harbaugh said. I've never seen a guy work harder. He's an A-plus, A-plus-plus worker, and it showed up in the way he walks around and carries himself, his strength. He still has things to work on for sure. He's still a young guy. He's physically ready to go. Remember, Bronson Kafusi broke his ankle in practice last year. Now he's going to break... Uh, opposing tackles ankles this season <laughs> in his rookie year for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm excited to see Bronson Kofusi. You almost forget about him because he, he was hurt and he didn't play last Kinda year. Kind of like Kyle Van Noy, right? He was injured much of his early career with the Lions. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember if the rookie year, he was like, he wasn't out all year. He just kind of disappeared. Because, yeah, he was like injured slash not crazy effective. Glad to see that he's in a better Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Good luck to Bronson. That's fantastic news that we hear from John Harbaugh. Rise and shout. Time for What's Trending brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Real defensive concern or just a coach call out. BYU football recently held the first official scrimmage of training camp And some interesting storylines emerged from that closed scrimmage, thanks in large part to comments from the BYU football coaching staff. First and foremost, what defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki said yesterday. He explained why he thought the BYU offense beat his BYU defense on Saturday. Yeah, I I thought they got us good. Um, Ran the ball, you know, like at the end of the scrimmage, felt like, 
we were giving up a lot in the run. You know, you feel like you're giving up four or five yards at least per run, and that's that's really really soft. And so um, it, it opened up things for them. You know, the past game, and and uh, I thought they executed well. Jerem, after you listen to that, do you feel a higher level of concern about the BYU defense, or do you think that's more of just a coach calling out his boys to get them ramped up for what's to come in training camp and the games ahead? I just think he was answering a question. It's just straight up. Yeah, 0.0% concern. Okay, so no concern, just they lost the scrimmage, not the end of the world. Yeah, one scrimmage equals nothing? Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. But, like, if after fall camp he was like, oh, we got torched by our offense, maybe the offense is really good. Now, I I agree with you. The only reason I bring that up is we had some fans like, well, you keep talking about how the offense is doing so well and they won the scrimmage. Like, should there be concern about the defense? Guess what? Someone's going to win, and it's probably not going to be a 50-50 split. This happens every year in training camp. This happens every year. Yeah, it's a, no, it's all good. The, listen, we overreact to everything. That's part of the fun. <laughs> Who wants to react fairly every time? Nobody. That's no fun. In spite of Saturday's defensive setback, sophomore defensive setback. back Troy Warner explains why the big picture looks better overall. Just because we've had a year under our belts, uh, we know the we know the defense a lot a lot more than we did last year. So I don't know. I just feel like we're we're more comfortable, more confident than we were last year. That's that's for sure. When your number one defensive back, literally, he wears number one, feels good overall. That to me is a bigger deal than oh, we lost the scrimmage on Saturday. He's comparing a whole year to what happened the previous season. Well, take these comments with. Many grains of salt, probably, right? What's he going to say? I am less comfortable, and I don't feel as prepared. Everyone's like, hey, no, 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 we're feeling good. We haven't lost. We're pretty healthy. Everyone says, you know, depth is the most overused word. You know, it's, yeah, it, he's feeling good. It's your, there's some continuity there, uh, more experience. So you hope for natural progression, right? Yes, which is why I say I feel better. So if the BYU defense gives up more points and doesn't have as many turnovers, it doesn't necessarily mean they weren't as good, right? It's hard to gauge success, especially when you're practicing against your teammates who know the plays sort of that you're running (laughs) and know you really well, right? They know the scouting report on you like perfectly. What about we saw or what we saw in practice yesterday? First Tanner Mangum is in absolute control. I mean, we He's the guy, dude. Holy cow. He is the man. He knows where he wants to go with the ball. It's flying out of his hand early, has solid command of the offensive schemes, and his teammates know it. Take it from Moroni Laulupututau. Uh, being a leader, I think if you ask anyone, he, he's really stepped up, and you can tell that he feels like he has to put the team on his back. He's got that pressure on his shoulder. And that's good for us because we want a quarterback who can lead and wants to win, and I can tell he wants to win more than anybody else. Okay, what did you see? Let's say top two or three plays from Tanner Mingham yesterday in practice that made you go, whoa. Uh, one, one play that I enjoyed was Sione Takitaki getting into the backfield so quickly that Tanner Mangum's footwork was jumbled and startled. <laughs> he turned from his play-action release, saw Takitaki, and kind of flipped out for like, a whoa, second. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. Takitaki then realized, yeah, I got the sack, curled around and just started he running started run downfield. He just ran off the field. Started ran, running off the field, which was really funny. Tanner Mangum. Matt Bushman, every day in practice, we're seeing it. There's always an end zone hook up there. Uh, some great throws. Um, Neil Pau was the guy. Micah Simons getting some run. Um, there, fake field goal in practice. Corbin Kafusikata, a la Utah game. Gavin, our dude Gavin Fowler, the holder with a nice throw there. So, yeah, it was fun. 
It was a fun way to end practice. The energy is still really good. Remember, Brian Logan was like, something special is brewing based on the energy I'm getting and the vibe from practice. I would agree. I really like the flow it continues. right now from BYU football. Yeah, man, the way Tanner Mangum looks off the defense, too, and then threads the needle. I, like, he's been in the shadow of Taysom Hill somewhat, even when he was the starter. Taysom was injured, so it's like, well, you're there because he's not. Now it's Tanner Mangum's His team. team, and you can see him vacate that position fully. Are you not excited to watch what Tanner Mangum can and will do against Portland State? Countdown to the Vikings. 17 days. It's happening. 17? Two and a half weeks from BYU football back in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Coming up, we'll find out another cool thing, or sorry, a another cool thing about Canada. Mm-hmm. Thanks to the radio well voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell. But first, the head basketball coach, Dave Rose, here to talk BYU basketball and that new West Coast Conference schedule. By the way, which game have you already circled on the calendar? Send in your tweets using the hashtag BYUSN. What's trending on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation is rolling right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Just do it. Hey, tonight, episode two of Behind the Mic with Greg Rebell at 8 Eastern Time, Blaine Fowler, Brady Papinga, and Heath Troyer will join the program on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. That's a fantastic lineup. It is. It's really good. I'm. I'm gonna ask Greg. I'll get. I'm gonna say. I'll give you a sack of a dollar to ask Brady Papinga about Luke Staley. <laughs> don't do it. I'm just don't, kidding. Don't do <laughs> it. I'm just kidding. Or you'll give him a Canadian dollar to do that, right? Yeah. I don't even know what the currency plastic is. Plastic money. Currently. Canada has plastic money. We learned that from Greg. That's right. That's one of the many cool things we've learned about Canada. <laughs> about Canada. Which game have you already circled on the BYU basketball schedule and why? At yfangirl underscore jb says three games: Christmas break, December thirtieth, against St. Mary's. And February 15th and 17th in Malibu, then San Diego. Winter road trip to Southern California. Yeah, baby. Malibu and San Diego is not a bad road trip to make in in the middle of February. Holy cow. Joining us now to break down that road trip, perhaps, and everything else in the West Coast Conference schedule is the head basketball coach, Dave Rose, back in Studio B. Coach, nice to have you with us. Hey, thanks thanks for having me, guys. I think that... Everybody would rather have our boy Ty Detmer here today. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a football day, so uh, we got basketball in here for a minute. But uh, I know you guys are excited for, what, two and a half weeks? Two and a half weeks. How many days? 17. 17. Could you sing that again? That was pretty Yeah, good. let's hit it. Can yeah, we do Countdown to the Vikings? Let's do for Coach. Yeah. Countdown to the Vikings. 17 days. I was hoping yeah. you'd join us. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know what the key. So you want to do the harmony, to it, coach? Yeah. <laughs> bring, bring in the high yeah, tenor. You weren't in the Houston uh, University of Houston men court. No, court? I was not. But uh, it was it was strong. It was strong. It was strong. Okay. <laughs> uh, obviously, y- you need some time off to to recollect and kind of reset and and I don't know, just get things straight in your mind. So what what's been the highlight of your summer vacation? Well, I think that uh, the, with the group of guys, we, you know, we're in our our seventh week. Uh, of working with our guys in summer semester, and, and that's been the best part of the summer. I mean, we've had uh, you know a great run, and, and I think our guys 
uh, are really focused on um, changing some things, uh, you know, in, in our culture as far as how we, um, you know, how we do things, especially on the floor. I think that uh, the culture as far as, uh, you know, how, how we do things academically, uh, our team's on a great roll. I think we've had four semesters in a row with a 3.0 or better as a Whoa. team. And, uh, you know, I just want us to uh, – um, to be better on the floor in certain areas, and I think that's what we've really worked on, and, and the guys are, are, are really together and close, and I mean, we've had a fun summer. We'll break down the roster and what we think of the season in the coming months, but today we want to talk about the schedule. So West Coast Conference releases the rest of the schedule yesterday. What do you like the most about that setup in league play? Well, I, I think you know the, 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 the best thing for us this year on the rotation that we got is balance. Okay, uh, the first thing I always <clears throat> look at is uh, is how many home weekends that we're going to have where we have two home games, how many away weekends we have where we go on the road and play back-to-back games, and then the, the, the split weekends where you play a home game and a road game. What I don't really like is traveling home to a home game where you play a Thursday night and then you travel home. We only have one of those. Happens to be the last game of the year. It has, happens to be against Gonzaga. But uh, – you know, we have three, uh, you know, home games where we got two at home. We have three road games where we got three, two on the road, and we have three split weekends. So the balance of the schedule, I think, is what I like the best. You mentioned you play three road games in a row once and then come home to play Gonzaga. You also only play that home road split three times. What's the challenge, uh, I guess, when you look at having to travel home, like what, what makes that transition back home after you've been on the road to play a home game on Saturday so difficult? Well, I think that you, know, you have so many home games where you get in kind of a, a rhythm of how you do it. And I, I think that consistency of how you prepare at home leads to a lot of success. At least we have over the years been really successful at home. So I like to keep, to keep that. You know, when, when we throw in a 2 o'clock game or a 4 o'clock game, you know, sometimes that it's a little unnerving because it changes your pregame meal times, your shoot around times. Those seven seven thirty game tips are kind of what we're used to at home. When you travel home, everything is out the window. You know, you get home uh, sometimes late on that Thursday night after a game, and so your Friday's different. Um, you know, in preparation for Saturday, but to only have one of those, you know, in a, in a kind of a uh, this this is a, a pretty crazy run with our conference schedule because of the the dates around Christmas. We we don't want to start league uh you know at the end of uh fall semester, which basically there's four teams that would be in finals the week they would have to start league and so that's why we've pushed them all back, got rid of the buys and we go nine straight weeks. The calendar next year I think flips back to where we can actually have a 10-week schedule after Chris, starting after Christmas. So you'd have buys next year, potentially? I think so. I okay. think that's what, kind of what it looks like. And who, who uh, decides the scheduling philosophy here? Because I know this is year two of this situation. Yeah, well, well you know, uh, Lynn Holzman is the commissioner, and, and Aaron is the assistant commissioner, basically, over all the men's basketball coaches. So uh, he deals mostly with all of us. Coaches actually have a little bit of say, uh, the ADs, and then the presidents tell us what we're going to do. Oh, interesting. How much, since Gonzaga's had a heavy presence, obviously, in this, how much does Mark Few, his voice, weigh in in this conversation? Pretty heavy. I mean, he's, uh, he's carried this league and Gonzaga, you know, f- for quite a while, and I think that his 
um, you know, and especially the last couple of years, going to the lead eight and then to the final four and the championship game, uh, the shares of the NCAA tournament money, you know, go to your league depends on, you know, how many times you're in the tournament, how many wins you get. And then with St. Mary's advancing and, and, uh, and Gonzaga, uh, that financially, I think the league's probably in pretty good shape and, um, gives us a real challenge. I mean, we're, we're dealing with a St. Mary's team that probably has the best, teams that they've had in the school's history mm. and a Gonzaga program that's dealing with the same thing. And so that gives us a real challenge and our, our guys are uh, really excited, working hard, ready to try to break through here. How do you feel like the schedule matches up with who you have on the roster right now? Um, you know, that'll be interesting to see uh, the preseason. We know what St. Mary's going to be like. I mean, they lost a couple guys, but they've got all their, their core back. Um, Gonzaga is going to be a different team, uh, a real different team. And, and, but I bet it's pretty similar to the last three or four teams that they've had. Uh, but it'll be interesting to watch them in preseason and get a, a feel for their strengths and weaknesses and where we can attack them. Right now, obviously, we're just worried about us. And last year, a team shot two, uh, around 200 more threes against us than, uh, uh, than we shot. And they made 50 more threes on the year. And that's a real focus for us. We have got to shoot more threes and be better at it. But the biggest thing is we have to limit the amount of threes that other teams are shooting against us. And that, hence, we'll have a, a switch in our defensive philosophy and do some things a lot different than we have over the last few years as far as protecting the rim or protecting the three-point line in our help. We're a real help-oriented defensive team because of kind of the limitations that we have. But uh, the help will be in different areas, protecting that three-point line this year, and hopefully that'll pay results for us. You're right in Jerem's wheelhouse. Shoot the three, play the D. <laughs> okay, all right. Mostly just shoot the three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the more <laughs> tight ever, throw, throw more deep passes. Yes, yeah. yes. launch. Coach, it's great to talk to you. Uh, great to hear that things are going well for you in the summer, and we wish you the best moving forward. All right, thanks, guys. Looking, thanks, looking forward to following you, and I'm excited about our football team. I, I think that uh, – uh, Kalani and I have had a few events that we've done together this summer, and and uh, you know he's a, a great guy to work with. You you guys must be so excited to to have him here and and be, you know have access to the team. But good luck, fellas. I I, I wish you all the best. Thank you so yep. much, Head Coach Dave Rose. Oh, back good luck in for the football team. It wasn't ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to spin it how I want to, Jerem. Okay, oh, Dave said Dave, well. Right thank you, oh, thank, thank you, Coach. <laughs> Coming up, we go two-on-one with emerging BYU wide receiver Talon Shumway. But first, hear what Greg Rebell loves most about the West Coast Conference Rundown. This is BYU Sports Nation. Lone Peak guys. Hoops, football, they're all over the place. Yeah. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, national simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere, anyhow, any everything. <laughs> Yeah, and after further review, we'll be on right after us. Uh, coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern time, the guys break down the Missouri uh, game in the Holiday Bowl in 1983, one of the greatest games ever played in BYU football history. Check it out after further review. Coming up next. Don't you mean Missouri? Mizzou. Is, I'm not from Missouri, so Mizzou. Okay, so you're just going to go with Mizzou. Yeah, I'll say Mizzou. All right, Steve Young caught a touchdown in that game, threw a touchdown, and ran for a touchdown. That's pretty good. Pretty good final game as a BYU quarterback. Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Day 12 of training camp. Practice number nine went down last night. 
you, if you missed what we saw and heard and why it matters for the current state of BYU football, download the podcast. The team will not practice today. They have a walkthrough, lift session. They'll get back to work on the field tomorrow. 2017-18 men's hoops West Coast Conference schedule is out. The Cougars tip off league play December 28th in Provo against Portland, then host St. Mary's. The Cougars play in Moraga January 25th, then the annual win in Spokane is slated for February 3rd, <laughs> and the home game versus the Zags is February 24th. That ends the regular season. Very strange. BYU plays St. Mary's twice before they play Gonzaga one time. I, I wish I would have asked Dave Rose, why, why is it so weird? Yeah, why does why, why can't it you play everybody and then you play everybody again? Like I, I don't understand the complexity. The 2017-2018 BYU women's basketball schedule, understandably, out as well. The ladies play opposite the men's schedule, so they will open the season on the road with a tough swing at Portland, then at St. Mary's in Moraga, December 28th and 30th, respectively. And Baltimore Ravens head coach John Harbaugh said the following about former Cougar Bronson Kafusi. He's put in an amazing amount of work in in the weight room, in conditioning, the whole thing. Harbaugh said, I've never seen a guy work harder. He's an A-plus-plus worker, and it showed up in the way he walks around and carries himself, his strength. He still has things to work on for sure. He's still a young guy. He's physically ready to go. Remember, Bronson Kafusi broke his ankle in camp last year. He is a rookie this season. I'm excited to see uh, BK play. Yeah, good luck to Bronson as he works the ball out in Baltimore. Joining us now in Studio B, the radio voice of the Cougars, the cool Canadian, and the man that is behind the mic with Greg Rebell, Greg Rebell. Nice well, to have you back. What up, Greg? Hello, boys. So a 1983 Holiday Bowl coming up on AFR. You mentioned Steve Young caught a touchdown pass. Who threw it? Eddie, Eddie Stinnett. Running back Eddie Stinnett. You know, and and the pass gets just above the defender's fingertips. I mean, it's just a swipe for the pick, and Steve ends up galloping in, takes a hit at the goal line. One of the, it's an iconic play. Oh, what iconic! A, what play. a terrible play call in the red zone <laughs> at the end of a game. A halfback toss. If yeah. it works, if it works, it can't it be was terrible. A, it's crazy. Okay, what a crazy play call. Well, Gordon Hudson went on record and was that's like, "That's a crazy play call." I remember, I remember when that play went in, thinking, "What are we doing?" And then after it happened, like, yeah. oh, it was a, that was a great play it's call." Just, it's just so wild. Is it, like, is, is, so is, is it Boise State Statue of Liberty crazy in the red zone? I mean, you know, it's a, it's totally it, it, crazy. If, yeah. if a great play works, it's a great play. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. the high knee celebration to go that with it. That just feel that just feels so like rushed. Like, uh, halfback toss, <laughs> just throw it up. <laughs> Oh, man. Fantastic play. Uh, Greg, you're off and running with uh, Behind the Mic. Yeah. Had, had a solid show the first week. We really enjoyed it. Uh, what's Most of the, the guests were pretty good there, I thought. Yeah, most of them. <laughs> what's the IMDB feedback after one week? I don't think I have that. <laughs> uh, but I get to that. I get Twitter feedback, and they're generally nice to me, so I don't know what I can take from that. People, people didn't tweet to say it was terrible, so that, that's positive. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, a lot of podcast hits. It shot us into the iTunes Top 100 the next day yeah, after baby. the show, and so those are the kind of things you look at. So people are tuning in and hopefully liking what they hear. We are, we're off to a solid start with you as our first guest last week. Tonight, Blaine Fowler kicks off the show. So we'll have Blaine Fowler, uh, Dave Rose's new assistant, Slash old coaching buddy, Heath Schroyer, will be on. We'll talk. He's had a, a very interesting coaching career. We'll talk about his life and coaching career. And then uh, Brady Papingo will join us from, uh, from out in L.A., I think. If you get and, a chance, uh, ask Blaine about his story from the 1983 Holiday Bowl and what in the world he had to go through on that night. It's unbelievable. Also, if I give you a Sacagawea dollar, will you ask Brady Papingo about Luke Staley? <laughs> I, I, I think that's not going to come up tonight. <laughs> I think I'm going other directions. I know. Well, we didn't want it to come up either. Uh, Yeah, that was fun. The the, transition. 
<laughs> the West Coast Conference schedule came out for men's hoops. What do you think of it? Well, you know, since it is the second year of the uh, 18-game, nine-week, no-buy setup because of, uh, you know, where it starts in the calendar. And a lot of it has to do with uh, really just the calendar and, and not wanting to play pre-Christmas games and still needing to get into your conference tournament in the first weekend of March. You're kind of locked into this, at least for this year, and things may change going forward. Uh, that being said, uh, of the nine weekends that they'll play, there are only three home-away splits. So I think, you know, if you've got six weekends either home-home or away-away, it's pretty normal. And and so three home-away splits, not the worst thing in the world. So I think all things considered, and everyone, by the end of it all, everyone's played their nine home and their nine away in one stretch or another. And BYU has, I think, at at any one point, only one sequence of three games, either home, and they they have three away at one point. Mm -hmm. Everything else is either one or two game uh, stints of home or away games. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty pretty content with it. And, uh, again, for everybody, the, the challenges are different in terms of how you get to 9-9, nine and nine, but everyone gets there. Uh, not too many complaints. I, I what, what did Dave say about it, by the way? He likes the balance. He, he brought like, up the balance with, the, balance with the three home weekends, the three road weekends, and then the three yeah. home road splits. I, th- I thought it worked out well. Yeah. Yeah. And last year it was five home road splits, and it created a situation, too, for the fans where they couldn't necessarily go out on the road and see two games. They could just see the one game. So, yeah, I like it, too. I guess I don't understand the complexity of this. Like in the Mountain it, West, it was like, well, you, yeah, maybe it has to do with the time. It was explained to me last it. year, but uh, uh, with, with the number of teams you've got and the fact that the TV partners are weighing in on when they want to see the, the St. Mary's Gonzaga BYU games, mm-hmm. it really does kind of hamstring you a little bit. You can't just say we're going to go nine this way, nine the next way, TV deal with it. That's not how the league is operated with right. the TV partners. Yeah, especially when you're the West Coast Conference, and you're like, hey, we'll... And I think BYU-St. Mary's is on December 30th for that exact reason. Probably a good TV spot. Although, isn't that the day of the college football playoff? Is it... Are mm-hmm. we on New Year's Eve or what? Like, BYU fans are going to watch, but from a TV standpoint, that's a little challenging, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, that, that's probably the, the thing I like least about unless the BYU, But unless BYU's in that playoff game, they'll be watching the game they want to watch. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Exactly. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, I mean, do you dislike the game on December 30th because the students are away? No, I mean, everybody's going to be faced with a prospect of playing some games without students in. And, and uh, some schools start later into January, and, and so they students miss more games at, at other schools than, than, than BYU. It's going to happen. Uh, yeah, you'd like the students to be there uh, for St. Mary's at BYU December 30th. But I have a sense that the fans are still going to find a way to fill that building, even with the students out. It's not going to be yeah. crickets in the Marriott Center on December 30th. Uh, it's going to be a good environment. <laughs> going to be a good environment with a lot of people uh, to watch the Cougars and Gales. So, yeah, I mean, perfect world. The students are there, but everyone faces some games. And uh, I think last – was it last year? Uh, somebody made a similar complaint about we've got either St. Mary's or BYU in our building and the students aren't there. It happens to everybody every year. Yeah, yeah. BYU just has the, the largest by far uh, number of students, so that's why it's a little weird. But January 1st is the day for college football playoff this year. So there you go. No concerns. No, no problem then. Yeah, and like Greg said, there's Put probably on the blue no- goggles, Jerem. Sweet, <laughs> yes. St. Mary's BYU December 30th cannot wait. And we are obviously stoked about BYU football just 17 days away from Portland State, which kind of feels just crazy. I mean, about two weeks into fall camp, what do you feel like you know about this team that you didn't when camp started? I suspected the wide receiver group would prove to be. Uh, better than people might have anticipated, just just for lack of name recognition, and they've shown that I think through the first couple of weeks, um, and and I think metrics would show that that group is a pretty solid group at the top five or six right now. So uh, we we may not have known it, we might have suspected it, and I think we've seen it. But that guy in particular, 
uh, leads a pretty strong group. We will hear from. And that's the thing, too. Talon, not not that it's a huge surprise, but kind of a nagging type of couple of seasons with him. He never really was able to break out, I think. A lot of it was just kind of some health issues that never really, really remedied themselves to 100%. Now he's fully back. And I I wondered coming into camp, can he really – um, you know, go 100% and be all out, and, and he's been great. He's been tremendous. I, I think Talon's been uh, you know, maybe the best. Wide. And that guy, too, right there, those two guys might be, you know, running close to one and two in terms of who's impressed most, the Talon Shumway and, and, and Bo Tanner uh, at, at the wideout. Neil Pau, yeah. Butch's older or younger brother, he's he, right there, he too. Is, he is getting some run yeah. uh, as a guy that's you maybe not have heard of. Yeah, it's, it's not unusual when you see the guys uh, come out for 11 on 11 ones versus one stuff that he gets first team reps. Uh, he's six, four, uh, has a lot of innate ability, a lot of things that you, uh, that as they say, don't necessarily coach a kid that just kind of comes naturally to him and has caught a lot of balls. Doesn't let it hit, let it hit the ground very often. And so again, uh, you always know someone's going to emer- emerge from camp that you didn't expect. And he's one of the candidates right now. And, uh, you know, you put Neil with Bo Tanner and Talon Shumway and Alevi Hifo and Micah Simon, and you've got five guys who've played well before you even get to a guy like Jonah Trinneman, who everyone knows. Yeah, between Neil and Talon Shumway, Ben Cahoon told us yesterday, they have combined for one meaningful drop. Yeah. I mean, they just don't drop the it's ball. It's Ben Cahoon-like. Yeah. And, and his metrics, uh, I mean, it's really, really intricate day by day on how they're being tracked. And they're all mindful of where they stand every day of camp yeah. on the different metrics. It's six, seven, eight categories. And some matter more than most. But the one that matters most is, do you catch the ball? And that's where those guys are really excelling. Yeah, we'll go two-on-one with uh, Ben Cahoon tomorrow, the wide receivers coach, coming up in just a bit on BYU Sports Nation, two-on-one with Talon Shumway. Let's uh, go back to one of our favorite traditions. And we need to do this before you head off to Norman, Oklahoma, so that we have something to chew on while, while you're gone on your Yeah, leave in town in the morning. Yep. Okay. A cool thing about Canada that we can uh, chew on for a little bit. Well, and this one's uh, rather common knowledge, but I do it because Dave Rose was in this seat right before me today. It's a basketball-themed uh, moment. Uh, the inventor of basketball is James Naismith, Dr. James Naismith, Canadian. Yes. Born in Almont, Ontario, just south of Ottawa. And, of course, uh, you know, before there was Bill Self and Roy Williams and others and Fog Allen, he also coached Kansas uh, basketball back in the day. But, uh, yeah, Dr. James Naismith, Canadian, and invented the game of basketball, wrote the first, first rule book, and was the coach of Kansas basketball in the, uh, back in the 19th century. What a significant contribution. Why isn't Canada better at basketball then? <laughs> <laughs> the dude invented it. We're, we're getting better. And, and once all of our top Steve guys then... decide to play at the same time and not take stuff off, we're going to be really good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I can't name a Canadian basketball player besides Steve Nash. You, what do you mean? Kelly Olynyk is no one to you? Oh, yeah, that guy. Wiggins? Oh, Andrew Wiggins, oh. man. Okay, Let's we're, go. We're, up to, we're, we're up to three. Tristan Thompson? He barely played in Brady the playoffs. <laughs> if, if Brady Heslip, that nice Bobby Baylor. Gunner, Baylor the, gunner, the gunner from yeah. Baylor, Baylor, man. Dude. Yeah. Brady Heslip, that guy could shoot the If yeah. Bill Walton was here, he'd say, Canada basketball, please. <laughs> Is there a better three-point shooter than Brady Hessler? <laughs> yeah, if Brandon Davies would have made that three. Yeah. Hey, listen to Greg Rebel tonight behind the mic, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain Time. Do not miss it. It's going to be a fantastic show. Thanks, Greg. Thank you, boys. Up next, yes, Talon Shumway, two-on-one from BYU Football Fall Camp. Kelly Olenek, Bronson Kafuzi has something to say about that. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The man to my left is named Jerem Jordan. Kelly Olenek, please. My name is Spencer Linton. <laughs> Terrible defense by Kelly Olenek. <laughs> you had that one game for the Celtics. <laughs>
We are in Studio B, your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Part of me loves seeing Greg's uh, feathers get ruffled a little bit where it's like, was it terrible? If it worked? Yeah, you're, you're right. It wasn't a terrible call for 83. And the Canada, I, it's, it's fun. <laughs> it turned out I love well, it. right? I, I love BYU it. BYU won the game. By the way, I love Team BYU. Mm. It's, it's just fun to bring on all these awesome dudes that we work with and hang out. It's fun. Hey, behind the mic, uh, tonight, 8 Eastern time with Greg Rubel, Blaine Fowler. Brady Papinga's not going to talk about Luke Staley. He's Schroyer from basketball as well. BYU Radio tonight. Come you offered here. a Sacagawea dollar to Greg. I Sacagawea dollar. To bring up it's Luke like, Staley. And he said, no, nah, we're dollar? probably, probably not going to go there. Probably not going to go Thank goodness. <laughs> Our Twitter question today, centered on basketball because the West Coast Conference released their entire schedule yesterday. Which basketball game have you already circled on BYU's schedule and why? At, wow. I'm this not, is a hard one. At Human Tim. <laughs> human. Spelled H-E-U-M-A-N-N. Human Tim. Okay, yeah, Human Tim. Yeah. It is safe to say Utah. Is it safe to say? This is the year to dominate on grass and on the hardwood. Hashtag safety first. On the grass wood. There's no safety. It is in, safe in that, to in say. That matchup. Well done. Time that we go two-on-one from BYU football training camp, part of our all-access coverage, this time with one of the standout receivers, maybe the standout receiver of fall camp, Talon Shumway. He played basketball. Did you know that? With the Lone Peak 3, Jerem? I asked him about that in the interview, Spencer. Take a listen. Talon, it's been a very challenging, interesting year for you getting yourself back from that mission form into where you feel like you can go out and compete against guys against on LSU and Wisconsin and so on and so forth. What has the past year been like for you physically? I think the last year has been good. The year before that was kind of the rougher one, getting back from the mission and trying to get back in shape and getting over a couple injuries. But this last year has been more, you know, getting back – developing physically a little bit more. Um, I needed a lot of coaching, still need a lot of coaching. Um, but, I mean, it's been a good a good year, and I've stayed healthy, so I couldn't really hope for anything more than that. Wait, you didn't just lift weights and work out your entire mission? No. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Surprising. Yeah, I know. I know. If Alabama would be doing it, like Kalani <laughs> said, during the national title. Yeah. So, so what was that uh, kind of red shirt, get into shape, you're like, and then last year you played a little bit, and then uh, this year you expect a little bit more. Yeah, uh, so the the first year, um, again, I had to take care of a couple injuries. Uh, so it was mostly rehab, but it, it went by fairly quickly. And then as soon as the new staff got here, I was I was back and healthy. So it was, it was all go from there. Um, definitely some tough days getting back into shape. and uh, But, I mean, it's been good, so... You say you need a lot of coaching. Where do you feel like you need to and want to get better as a wide receiver? At everything. Um, <laughs> I think the more we're out here, the more I re- we realize how much how much we're missing in our games, how much we need to improve on. So, uh, got a few more weeks to take some big strides and uh, and be where we'd like to be. I think so. I'm included in that definitely. The last two years, BYU has graduated, I believe, the top three guys by catches and yards. So there's kind of been a lot of attrition at wide receiver. What kind of opportunity is there for the entire group to kind of prove itself this year? I think that itself is the big key is proving ourselves. As a a group, individually, all of us want to have success. 
And I think more than anything, we we really want to be known as a, a good receiving core and, and eventually a great receiving core. I think we've got a few more years to, to play together with the main, like our, our main group, minus a few guys, but um, it's there's a there's a ton to prove, I think. Uh, until now, I think we haven't really shown what we should, so. How would you assess your understanding of the playbook? A playbook that Steve Clark told us just a few days ago is, is fairly complicated. Uh, time is a time is on our side. The longer you're here, the the easier it is. So, being here from the beginning, it was a little easier. I think coming in and and starting in the program right now would be tough. Um, but it's it's kind of a step by step thing. So, it's it's kind of like a language. So the longer you're, the longer you're in it, the the better you understand it. So, I think that's going all right. We've seen uh, you make some nice catches, especially when we've watched practice uh, and the highlights that go out. What's fall camp been like for you, and how would you assess your play? Well, it's been fun. Um, I think I'd, I'd like to play better. You know, some days some days are good, some days aren't. I'd like to be more more consistent. I think everybody would at some point, but um, I don't think individually, like personally, I don't think I'm really pleased yet with with how things have been going, but. I mean, we've got other guys who have been just consistent every day, so I'm trying to work up to their level. The magic of editing, too. The highlights just, they show yeah, the good stuff. Me look you like, never do anything wrong. I, I guess I have not done a single <laughs> thing wrong. You haven't dropped the ball in the highlights. I haven't. <laughs> Please don't put it on the there. The miscues <laughs> from 2017 BYU football camp. Uh, we're here with Talon Shumway, one of the wide receivers who uh, is feeling really good. Talon, when it, when it comes to being on the same page with Tanner Mangum, uh, at, at what point does a wide receiver and a quarterback develop the chemistry where a look or a glance or one hand signal op- opens everything up? I don't know, he's he's hard to keep up with. He's his his mind's always moving and uh, he's always playing on a real high level. So you got to always keep up with him mentally, which is the challenge itself. But I think it's one of those time things. The longer you spend with people and um, film helps, watching film and and then just talking to him and asking him what it is he wants you to do because he's the leader. We're, we're just followers. Does he ever call you out? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> What's that? Simulate that experience. What's it like? That's not so bad. No. It's, yeah, it's good. It's a good thing. Who's calling Tanner Mangum out? Tanner Mangum. <laughs> Does he really it? doesn't need anybody. He's, he's, very, he's, he's his own best critic and worst critic. Does Ty get on him? You're gonna have to ask him. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. That was a good. De- Probably, yeah, he, I'm, I'm, he does. He does. That was a good difference. Uh, fun fact: You played with the Lone Peak Three in high school, and you guys won the yeah. national title. Yeah. Um, Supporting role as a kind of an extra, you know. <laughs> Lone Peak Three, co-starring Talon Shumway, yeah, okay. Zach Frampton, and Frank Jackson, and those guys. What was it like to play at such high level in high school basketball? But you ultimately played football. Could you have played college basketball too? No. No? No. It was always a football thing? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I I think the team was great, so I played with a really good team, so I think it made me look a little better than it was. So, yeah, that's behind me. Moving on to BYU football. Moving on. Are you always open like Micah Simon tells us he is? I don't know. He's open a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd like to get open more. Sometimes. Uh, it depends on the day. It depends on the play. So, uh 
Yeah, I'd say uh, in my mind, in your mind, you always think you're open. That's Every a wide receiver right? mentality, open. right? I'm open. Three guys on me. I'm open. <laughs> I could have caught it, but uh, I don't know. I'll have to look at the film and, and see. But, yeah, sure, I, I'm open. So when you go back to the huddle, are you ever talking to Tanner, like, dude, just just throw me the – do the, or are you like, I'll just be quiet. Oh, I'm going to no. listen to the next play. Oh, I'm – yeah, you gotta. I gotta be a little submissive, so I don't do a whole lot of talking. If I can breathe when I get back, so. <laughs> is that the number one thing you're trying to get your breath back? Trying to get your breath back because you don't know if the next play you're gonna have to run someone off. So, you know, it's kind of how it goes. Yeah, is there anybody that runs more on the football field in the actual pace of play than the wide receivers? I would think Probably not. The, right? the equipment guys. <laughs> oh, okay. <That's> true. <laughs> They're under a lot more pressure than we are. That's true. Those guys are on scholar. That's hard. Who's impressed you in the wide receiver group through fall camp so far? Oh, man. Everybody, I think. Uh, I think someone that no one's really talked much about is Neil, Neil Powell. So he's, he's for real. Oh, Ben Cahoon so, told us he's having himself quite a camp. Yeah, so I think Neil showed up, and he's, he's proving to be a, a great guy. And then, you know, Micah, Jonah, Keele, Bo, uh, more guys coming out every day, even the new guys, Tarek. He's had a great camp, so I think guys have really showed up and, and stuck out. So Does Neil laugh when he catches the ball like Butch he when he He does? He never stops smiling. <laughs> it's a family thing. Yeah. yeah. They're, the, they're the anti-brothers grim. Yeah. Whatever yeah, the opposite seriously. of that is, that's what they are. I'm doing a thing good, yeah. and it's hilarious. Some of brothers are different, but they're pretty similar. <laughs> Just happy. Right on. What does Ben Cahoon pound into your head? Like if he had like one coaching mantra or saying – that you have picked up since you've been playing for him, what would it be? Well, he's got a lot of sayings, but um, I'd say if there's one thing that he, that's kind of his thing, it's details. Everything is so detailed. Just, I don't know if he's got OCD or what, but whatever it is, it's great. His, his attention to detail and his, the expectations he has that, that we perfect just small things, I think that really goes a long way, and I... I it's it's great to play under that. So, all right, Talon, we wish you the best of luck uh, moving forward. And if you need to call out Tanner Mangum, oh, feel never. feel free to do so. Nope, not a chance. <laughs> he doesn't need a, He does not need that. Thanks, Talon. Yeah, thank you. Talon Shumway has not dropped a meaningful pass in practice. Nor not, did he drop one in that interview. Not last year. Not this year. Pretty impressive. Yeah, he's a guy that hasn't played a ton. He caught, I think, three passes last year, mostly against, like, UMass, Southern Utah. This is a dude that's one of your top five receivers at the end of the year this season. Talon Shumway right now, number one on the depth chart at his wide receiver position. And I don't think he's going anywhere. The X or the Z spot, I think. I don't think he's going anywhere. Up next, time to whip it in the Cougar whip around, including... Some news from Cougars in the NFL. Who's making a move? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guest, head basketball coach Dave Rose, the radio voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, and emerging wide receiver for BYU football, Talon Shumway. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whiparound football. <laughs> BYU football, day 12 or whatever of training camp, practice nine or whatever, went down last night. What we saw, what we heard, it was in the uh, opening segment there. BYU football will not practice today. They have a walkthrough, a lift session as well, and they get back to the field tomorrow. 
By the way, Athlon Sports has ranked BYU's offensive line 34th in all of college football. Weren't they 34th in CBS Sports rankings overall yesterday? What does it mean? Men's basketball. 2017-2018 men's basketball schedule out in the West Coast Conference. The Cougars tip off league play at home December 28th against Portland. Then we'll host the Gales of St. Mary's. Cougars play in Moraga on January 25th. Then the annual win in Spokane slated for February 3rd. The home game with the Zags to close out the WCC regular season on February 24th. Women's basketball. The schedule's out for the ladies as well. They open at Portland, at St. Mary's. They play opposite the men's schedule. Good luck to the ladies this season. Cougars in the NFL. Baltimore Ravens head coach John Harbaugh said the following about former Cougar Bronson Kafusi, and I quote, he's put an amazing amount of work in, in the weight room, in conditioning, the whole thing. Harbaugh also said, I've never seen a guy work harder. He's an A++ worker, and it showed up in the way he walks around and carries himself his strength. He still has things to work on for sure. He's still a young guy. He's physically ready to go, end quote. Cougars in the minor. Brendan Lund, 2-4 with an RBI last night for the AA Mobile Bay Bears and a 7-1 loss to the Montgomery Biscuits. Brendan's going to be in Salt Lake City pretty soon, I think. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Hepburn. You need to host DexterLaw.com. It goes to Greg Rebell okay. for telling us another A cool thing about Canada. I enjoy that segment. James Naismith, inventor of basketball, a Canadian. I lo- and that's my favorite sport to play. A Thanks, Canadian. Dr. James Naismith. Speaking of basketball, which game have you already circled on the BYU basketball schedule and why? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Kristen1258. Is it trite to say Utah St. Zaga? <laughs> that seems to be the only real meaning this season, other than that the schedule seems lackluster. Ooh, is it lackluster? Let's leave it at rhetorical. Okay. Our elite tweet of the day from at DeYoung1993. Talking about basketball before football season is like putting up Christmas decorations before Halloween. No, it's not, and we talked about football and trending. Come on, man. Yeah, come on, man. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter for Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Aaron Edmonds. Stay tuned to After Further Review. Relive the Missouri game again.